I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Hello, hello. We are so excited today, Katie J and I, because we have some very special guests with us. I think maybe the specialist of guests because (laughs) these are the ladies who have raised us. Yes. We have our mamas in the studio today. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get started, why don't you guys just take a chance to introduce yourself. Uh, Stephanie, I would love to hear from you. Stephanie is Katie J's mom. Hi there. Married, long time, three kids. (laughs) Grew up in a Christian uh, dysfunctional home. (laughs) Can't wait to hear more about that. (laughs) Yeah, everybody's a little dysfunctional. Uh, We'll unpack that later. (laughs) (laughs) Came out of it by God's grace and just really enjoying the season I'm in. I love that too. I am married also and have two kids, Katie and Michael. Uh, I was raised in a Catholic home and went to Christian high. It's a crazy story, but really have lived a believing life my whole life. But I'm also, I also have some craziness, (laughs) but I'm enjoying this season I'm in. I loved being a mom, but I also love this season too, of being a grandma. Yeah, yeah, so exciting. That's just kind of title cool. change. Recently. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm Nana now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what's kind of cool too. Is you both have adult children. Um, you have sort of different seasons that you're in, right? Being a grandma, your kids are both out of the house. But Stephanie, you still have some that you're actively <laughs> involved in raising. Yeah. Yes, kid number two is graduating in two weeks, and then my third is starting high school in the fall. So I've got some time left. In the parenting stage. Yeah, you're still, <laughs> still there. You're still in the thick four of it. Years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably longer. I yeah. was going <laughs> to say at least. <laughs> yes. But we wanted to bring you guys some quality content from some quality women. And uh, so if we're we just, do say so. Yeah, if we do <laughs> say so ourselves. And so we have some questions for them that we hope blesses you. So we are going to start off. I'm going to ask Christine really fast our first question. These are questions just from me and Katie. We want to know a little bit more about the behind the scenes of how we grew up. We're getting Mm -hmm. to see behind (laughs) the curtain. (laughs) But what did you do in your young adulthood that you now see benefited you through marriage and parenthood? Like what was that groundwork for you? That's such a good question. Uh, I believe that I spent a lot of time thinking about what I really wanted in Mm -hmm. life and um, probably less time praying about it than I should have. I sort of, for whatever reason, I grew up thinking that I had way more control over my destiny than I actually did. (laughs) Oh, so that's where I get it. (laughs) That might be where you get it. And, And so I think that I spent a lot of time really thinking about what I wanted in a marriage, in my home. Mm -hmm. I knew, for example, that I wanted to uh, mostly stay at home with my kids. And so that was a conversation I had with my husband before we were married. And it was a goal we worked toward when we got married. And um, so I, I think really thinking about what my life choices, what I wanted them to be so that I could work toward them specifically and intentionally Mm -hmm. instead of sort of letting life happen and figuring out as I went. Um, Of course, God intervenes. But for the most part, that served me well. Awesome. Would you say that it was hard to with coming in with a plan is it kind of hard to slowly like relinquish parts of that to the board as life life comes at you yes that's a story for later but yes (laughs) because I know that that's that's a that's a hard thing for me so 
Yeah. And uh, I, you know, for me, I wanted to be a mom. That was not an easy journey for me. Mm. And so, yes, those were things that the Lord certainly worked out in my life. But I do think that that having goals and communicating them to my partner before we got married saved us a lot of grief in the idea because I had friends who's you know, they hadn't really discussed it. And then when they wanted to stay home, it was a very difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really like what you said about not just letting life happen to you, but having a plan. I think that that's um, really important. And I think a lot of people find themselves in a spot of like, I don't actually know what I want. And Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. things are just happening and jobs are coming my way and I'm taking whatever, I don't know. And then they end up in a life that they didn't want to have because they didn't have that that plan and that communication that early young adulthood phase seems so infinite right like there's so much there's so much in front of you Mm -hmm. there's too many choices Mm -hmm. everyone's telling you to have fun or everyone's you know hustling around you and working so hard and then all of a sudden you get to you know where I'm at or a little bit ahead of where I'm at and you just realize like oh shoot I'm I am where I am now right like I'm stuck in these (laughs) these decisions informed where I'm at now and you know I don't have a lot of regrets in the way that I did that, but right. I know a lot of people do where they get to that point and they realize like, I am kind of somewhere where I have to dig myself out of. And so right. I think that's great, great input. I think yeah. just having a plan, but holding it loosely. Exactly. Yeah. Like yes. 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 Yeah. You know, kind of being open-handed with your plan, yes. but intentional about uh, the things you don't really want to compromise in, especially yeah. at this stage of life. Um, Absolutely. I think it's important. It, yeah. it served me well. For sure. Stephanie, what were those things for you? What were those foundational kind of decisions or choices you made? Well, it's funny to hear you say, let life happen to you, because that's exactly what I did. Uh (laughs) I just was never, when I was young, I wasn't a planner and I wasn't a scheduler. Still not working on it. (laughs) Sorry, kids. (laughs) Um, So I just did what was expected of me after graduating high school. I went to college for a year and it was there that I realized, oh, I have I have a say in this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can choose where I go next. And so after failing miserably my first year of school, I decided to go to Youth with a Mission. It's a mission organization that does intense discipleship. And then um, you go out and do ministry. So it was during that time there that I realized through that discipleship what my misconceptions of God were mm. and what my misconceptions oh, of good. marriage was. And so, you know, it wasn't, you know, I would suggest it to anybody, get counseling mm. when you're young, before you like <laughs> are yes. deep yes. in the mire of trouble, you know, yeah. <laughs> get counseling and guidance from the people that you trust around you. And that's what I needed was I just needed someone telling me like, hey, actually this thing that you believe about God isn't true. And I think that time there really prepared me for marriage, you know, because that's a challenge. Anyways, no matter how perfectly blended you are, (laughs) it's a challenge. And so for me, it was seeking counsel and discipleship prior to even being in a relationship with my husband. And um, but then exactly what you said, Christine, of just communicating. I communicated with my husband before we were husband and wife. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, We talked a lot about, hey, what do you want out of marriage and relationship and children and thankfully we're on the same page of hey I'd really like for you to stay home with the kids and I was like okay (laughs) (laughs) I volunteer I volunteer (laughs) and when things got hard with that I'd be like would you like to trade places and my (laughs) husband's like no (laughs) you do this thing so yeah I think that's um that's one thing about the way that 
you and my father have <laughs> raised me. Um, I so am formal. very, yeah, I know, <laughs> very, very cordial. Um, that I am so thankful for was that you guys really did like get healing and counseling before you had kids. And right. I was just talking to a friend who did not have the same experience with her parents. Like they, they've passed on a lot of their baggage mm-hmm. and their trauma to them and I was saying like I really feel so blessed and I hope I pray I never take it for granted that you guys did so much work before having kids. And that's <laughs> such a blessing to hear too because yes. I mean how could you know you know how how would I have known 25 years ago that this thing I decided to do instead of college which of course yeah. was not a popular <laughs> idea <laughs> would bless my adult children so that's huge. Yeah absolutely. Yeah I think I think what, something you said, Stephanie, is so important. Get counseling before you think you need it. Right. Or you know, that sounds like a crazy thing. But even in marriage, it's the same way. If there's, if if one of you thinks you need counseling or advice, yeah, you, you need do. it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, and being willing to take counsel and receive, even if, like you said, if it's not a therapist, but someone you trust, being willing to receive advice and counsel is such an important thing in life. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And then on to question two. We wanted to get some advice from you guys, but I get advice from my mom all the time. (laughs) Same here. I value it. I love it. (laughs) And I'm tired of it. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Too bad. So I want. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to keep happening. It's fine. But we wanted to ask. Are the opposite moms for some advice for the season of life we're in. So, Christine, if you could give some advice for somebody in my stage of life, single, partying every weekend. I'm just <laughs> hey, no. I didn't know that. Uh, uh, surprise! <laughs> no. But um, just in this season of life, what would you give them? Yeah, I think that what I would say to you is, again, uh, going back to my own experience, I felt that I had this more control over my destiny Mm -hmm. than I did. And because of that, I think one of the dangers of being at your stage of life Mm -hmm. is always looking to the next thing and not being where you are and kind of taking that in, always looking for, oh, I I just want to meet the right guy and then I want to have kids and I want to find the right job and get started on my career. And, and there's a danger in that because you're always looking to something else to bring you happiness right. and bring you joy. And I found that, you know, there was finally a phase in my life where I just sat down and and was in the moment I was in. Thank yeah. God it was when I had small children. Yeah. And it's just such a better way to live. So I would recommend yeah. <laughs> that you really focus on not looking to the next thing Absolutely. and and just kind of being where you are and yeah. I, you know I hate that word enjoy it because <laughs> that's you know uh, that's subjective yeah right but truly there are so many choices and opportunities yeah. you will never come this way again yeah and that's a beautiful thing yeah absolutely I think that's something I've been like actively working on recently I was reading some book and it was talking about how like we so desperately want to wish away like whatever season of life you're in and it was specifically talking about the season of like singleness like you spend so much time desperately trying to get out of it like it's a plague on humanity (laughs) and there is so much to be reaped in that season but we miss it so often because we're so desperate to get out of it and so I I think that's great I think it's very applicable (laughs) yeah I mean freedom is scary and there's a lot of freedom 
that sounds crazy, but there's yeah. a lot of freedom where you are right now. Yeah, and embracing that is great because yeah. somewhere down the road, you will probably look back and man, and say, man, I wish yeah. I had, <laughs> I could just leave my house whenever I wanted. Right. And <laughs> I don't have to ask anyone if I spend money and yes. you know, all of that. You want to be able to look back and go, I had that time. Yeah. I had that time. Yes, absolutely. And have made the most of it. And, and have made the and most of it. And to not have regrets and, you know, the way that you carried yourself through it, right? Yeah. Like, and I don't think you are going to have regrets. Yeah. I see you carrying yourself well. Yeah. Yeah. But it is truly a joyful time in retrospect. Yeah. A lot more than it is when you're in it, yes. I think. <laughs> I think most spaces are like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. like, sure. There's a lot of, that's why older people always look back and reminisce about. That's why older women say to women with yes. babies, enjoy the, enjoy it, <laughs> enjoy every day, even though we know you cannot possibly enjoy every exactly. day. <laughs> and in the middle of the night, you know, when you're up with a baby. But we look back on that with fondness yeah, because we know absolutely. there were some beautiful yeah. yeah. Now, Stephanie, I am not partying every weekend <laughs> like your daughter is. Oh, you're up in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, I party night all night party. in a totally different way. Uh, but what would you say to someone in my situation, right? Newly married, young mm -hmm. baby in this, you know, sort of claustrophobic phase yes. that I'm in. What would you say? <laughs> well, it's a perfect segue, actually, because when I was thinking about what to say to you, um, I was thinking about all the well-wishers that um, put in undue pressure on young moms to love every second and oh it's going to be gone and you're going to look back at this and um wish you could do it over and blah 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 and i, I remember <laughs> emphasis I, on the blah blah blah. blah 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 there's a lot of blah 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 <laughs> yes and it's always with good intentions but i think god in his infinite wisdom <laughs> supernaturally erases our memories of how yes. difficult oh it gosh. actually was yes. i hear from my mom now who's very elderly and she'll say you kids were never like that and it makes me laugh because I'm like we were absolutely like that I was there yeah. <laughs> I remember it uh -huh. <laughs> but I remember when Katie was a newborn and she was a particularly difficult newborn <laughs> love her um, and I was that walking that's no indication of me now I'm oh, perfectly no. pleasant she's definitely matured since then <laughs> Since I was a newborn? Yes. Oh, uh -huh. thank you. Mm -hmm. Prayer works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I remember someone, a beautiful woman, I love her dearly, but she told me, um, oh, you're just going to miss this phase. And I tell you, 20 years later, I do not. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't miss that phase. And I want to release you from the guilt you might feel for not enjoying every moment. Yeah. There, you should not carry that guilt around and that feeling of, should I be enjoying this? Am I hmm. actually going to miss this? No, you're not going to miss everything. Do I miss buying their clothes? Yes. Yeah. You know, there are little things that I miss about having young children, but you're not going to enjoy every moment, no matter how much you're um, told to enjoy every moment. <laughs> <laughs> or Instagram makes you think that oh, yeah. everyone else is enjoying every moment. Exactly. Yeah. How many pictures did it take for them to get that perfect shot? You know, and it's getting the perfect shot. You um, create chaos in your family. Just acknowledge that parenting is hard and that's okay yeah. that's okay and then don't sit there in it right move past it right and then move to, and and my other thing was um mother's instinct is kind of a myth <laughs> <laughs> you're not always right and oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh so following your gut is not always the best thing to do hmm. that's why you have a community and then you have people you can bounce things off of like i would have really misstepped with my kids more than i already did had i just followed my gut because mm -hmm. my gut 
<laughs> is to do way more than I need to do and way hover over them. You know, that would be my personal gut yeah. is to be a helicopter parent. And it took a lot of really wise people in my life to say, okay, <laughs> take a step back for a second. Let them fail. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So anyways. That's huge. Thank you so much for that. The The guilt of young motherhood is it's surprising, you know, and I consider myself a confident person, right? Like I have this amazing community around me that you're talking about, right? Of people who are encouraging and lovely. And no matter how logically, you know, that you're doing the right thing or any, any of that, right. Or, you know, you're doing your best babies, just bring it out of you. Right. They bring up, (laughs) they bring out the, the weakness and the, the frustration and all of this stuff that is just so, ugly right and it makes you ashamed even though it's it's been there all along right it's not this baby that's doing it to you it's just bringing out that nature inside of you and you know I found that some, some of those moments have been really sweet opportunities just to <laughs> turn back to the Lord and um, I'm thankful for the examples I've had of that in my life right to bring me back to that place but it is it is a struggle it's an uphill battle to not give in to that guilt and frustration all the time right No matter how much you love your baby. And it's so beautiful that God can use this tiny, squeaky, stinky creature (laughs) to draw you to him. It's so true. And and that love you feel for this child that was, it's 100% supernatural that you feel this genuine love for this tiny person you don't know at all. (laughs) And then who is needy and doesn't give you any positive feedback. Exactly. (laughs) It's 100% true. And that little thing can bring you closer to understanding the sacrifice that God made when he sent his son to the cross. Oh my gosh. Oh, that was huge in my heart. Like, oh Lord, how did you even do that? So it's just beautiful. It is. I loved what you said about not following your gut. Because exactly like you just said, Katie, the thing is, is that we are still the person we were before we had children. Mm -hmm. And we have all those flaws and insecurities and fears. And so if you deal with anxiety, you're going to parent with anxiety unless you let the Lord deal with that. And so I I did. You Mm -hmm. know, I can't speak for anyone else. And the Lord dealt with that. And I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. But you're so right. It's not about your gut. It's about uh, doing your best, getting, taking in counsel, praying, asking the Lord to work through those things with you mm-hmm. and then having a bad day getting into bed and waking up the next day and trying again and yes. that's really what it is every single day you're just doing your best some days it won't be enough yeah. right but it's yeah. okay yeah it's okay because you have it you have tomorrow mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah. I love what you what you said and I think it goes so well with sort of the bedrock of what we want to communicate with this podcast yeah. right is the idea of Every place you find yourself in your life is an opportunity to come into further submission and obedience to the Lord, right? right. It doesn't matter what that mm-hmm. phase is. It doesn't matter where you are. You're going to be that same person <laughs> through yeah. all those stages, right? And that is still a person that needs the Lord. Yeah. Everything is refining and everything is an opportunity for obedience. And I think it is cool to be able to like listen to the advice about motherhood. And I, I am not anywhere close to that season right now but being able to get the principles from it and know that it's absolutely applicable to my life Mm -hmm. you know being um being engrossed in community and having that uh having input because even though I don't even have to pretend like I have mother's intuition like I I don't know everything like my heart is still like wicked and sinful and so having that community and going to the Lord and knowing that I have a new day tomorrow to um just 
re re up my um <laughs> my taking on of the cross of Christianity um is is cool. I don't know. I think it's great that mm-hmm. it's applicable in all seasons. And even just practically, not that this is, you know, this is a little bit of a tangent, yeah. but investing in that community now and being yeah. a good friend and pouring yourself out while Absolutely. you have the opportunity to be extra giving of yourself yes. and your friendships is going to yield fruit in that time of your life. Right. You know, like yes. it's, it's going to be productive and, you know, not that everyone's goal is to be a mom in their 20s, right? Because right, right. who knows when that's going to happen to <laughs> you, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. But you're not going to regret investing fully where yeah, you are. Absolutely. I just don't think that ever happens. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, I agree. There's no risk involved in investing in community. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Um, we want to move into some questions from our Instagram followers. We put out a little question sticker and we got some honestly really solid questions. I was really pleasant. I'm excited to hear the surprised. answers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm excited to hear the answers as well. But our first question is what season was your most challenging and what beauty came from those ashes? So Christine, if you want to take us away with that one. Well, I have <laughs> several most challenging <laughs> seasons, but I think I'll go with the earliest one that I can remember. Well, Related to this discussion, uh, actually, I'm going to change my answer that I was thinking about. So the reason I want to choose an early one is because I think it had the most impact on my response to the Lord Mm -hmm. in the later ones, because obviously you grow and you change. Um, In my early adulthood, we had some things, but I I think that the the most difficult season was when we wanted to become parents and couldn't. Mm. Um, we had multiple miscarriages. We mm. had three miscarriages over several years. Yeah. And uh, when I went into a fertility doctor, he explained that I probably would not be able to carry a baby to term mm. without um, some intervention. Yeah, That in itself was a difficult decision for us and was kind of created some distance between my husband and I because I really wanted to. Yeah. And, you know, he was not sure about doing medication and what impact it would have on a child. And Mm so it was a difficult, a really difficult season. And there were a lot of tears. There was a lot of heartbreak. And uh, I remember one particular time Mark and I were, had been leading a a young marrieds group at our other church. And we were actually having our last meeting. And I looked around and every single couple either was holding a baby or was pregnant. Mm And I was just heartbroken. Yeah. I was just heartbroken. And I remember we're driving home and tears are rolling down my face. And I, you know, Mark said, Christine, God didn't do this to us. Mm. And I said, yeah, but he could have stopped it. And I was really bitter and angry and hurting. And uh, we got home and I was thinking about how I was kind of complaining to the Lord because I'm one of those people who thinks that actually the Lord wants to hear What's in our heart, just as a parent, I want to hear what's in my kids' hearts, even if it's something I'm not comfortable with. I want to know yeah. so we can fix it, right? And so I was complaining, and I said, nobody knows how I feel. I No one understands, like, even Hannah got her baby you know, mm-hmm. in, yeah. in the Old Testament. And, uh, and I remember we got home. I stood in the front of the mirror getting ready for bed. And I, it was the first time I ever heard the Lord literally speak to me. And he said, I know how you feel. Mm. I gave up my son so that you would have hope right now. Yeah, I lost my son too. And I just remember, I literally went down on my knees and I was bawling my eyes out. And um, long story short, 
obviously we were able to have Katie and Michael, but it changed me and my husband forever. We had a new appreciation for children that I think we thought somehow we thought it was easy and our right. right. And all of a sudden we had this new appreciation for the life that it was. We started supporting pregnancy care center, which we still do to this day. Mm -hmm. And we had this passion for kids. Um, We ended up doing small groups at Foothills and actually have a couple of semi-adopted kids that we Mm -hmm. still as adults embrace because we feel like that's the Lord's gift to us. And I don't think any of that would have happened without that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that is such a beautiful redemption story of something that could have been so devastating that it could have taken over your life and you could have lived in that frustration and sorrow and you let the Lord transform that situation. And well, I, think- I fought it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I wrestled. I was, you know, I, I didn't come easy. Yeah. But I think that that answer from the Lord, that that personal meeting personally meeting me where I was at my worst taught me something that I've carried through my whole life no matter how hard things have gotten Mm -hmm. I have known that he is with me and even when I didn't feel like he was with me even when I didn't hear his voice I knew he was there and that was transformational in so many ways and then of course the gift of having children was you know so grateful Oh, yeah, I'm sure there is such a greater appreciation, like you were saying, for children in general. But I can't imagine, like, the joy and the appreciation that you had for Katie and Michael at that point. Stephanie, what about you? What was the most challenging season for you? (laughs) Well, it's funny, actually, uh, hearing the question now and thinking about how I was planning on answer. It had to do with parenting. But if I'm really honest with myself, it has nothing to do with parenting or marriage because God has been... And not that it's been a cakewalk, but it's just been a a stark contrast from my childhood. Mm -hmm. So short version is, like I said earlier, my family was very dysfunctional. Um, My dad was a pastor, actually, and but extremely abusive, verbally, physically, spiritually, pick one. He was very abusive. And so then my mother just retreated into who, you know, into depression. And so we really didn't have, me and my brother and my sister really didn't have parents to look up to. My mom and I are very, very close. My dad passed away a long time ago. But um, the most beauty has come from that season. Because mm. when you're a child growing up in abuse, you don't know you're a child growing up in abuse. It wasn't until my teen years, really. But um, the first time the Holy Spirit spoke to me was I was eight years old. And I remember it so clearly because I was standing in my front yard and I was upset. I was upset because I'm the youngest and my brother and my sister got to go bowling with the big kids. And I was just, I was devastated and in that eight-year-old way. And (laughs) I remember my dad's response to my frustration and it was so over the top and it was so rooted in just what I felt was a hatred for me. I, I thought, oh, you must really not like me to respond this way. And I really felt the Holy Spirit say, your dad is wrong. Mm. he's going to be wrong again and again and I need you to follow me and I get goosebumps just thinking about it because it was so powerful and I was so young so I didn't really understand the full extent of it but it wasn't I mean fast forward I was 15 when my parents divorced and I was so full of anger and hatred for my father and it took me years (laughs) Mm. years to forgive him um, and to forgive my mom because she was you know just kind of 
took herself out of the situation, like just kind yeah, of wasn't, herself. she just removed herself yeah. for self-preservation. And I don't blame her for that. But, you know, at the time I was trying to figure that out. So the beauty that's come out of that terrible situation was that the Lord has really walked me through the steps of learning how to forgive. Mm. And that's been so hard for me. And even still, um, when I'm hurt, when I have a trouble with a friendship or a sibling or whatever, you name it, because it's going to come. <laughs> it takes me a really long time. I don't let things roll off my back very easily. And you would think I would, <laughs> having learned this at such a young age mm-hmm. with my dad. But it it is a deep-rooted hurt. It just brings up that hurt all yeah. over again of disappointment. Somebody has disappointed me. And it takes me a while, but I'm so grateful for that time that the Lord led me by the hand and said, walk with me, child. I will teach you how to forgive. And that took years. And then other forgivenesses took months. And then sometimes it takes days, sometimes it takes Mm -hmm. hours, Mm -hmm. you know, and God has been so faithful to hold my hand every time, say, remember what we walked through. Let's do this again. You know, and and that's such a stark difference from, you know, when you have a, a rough upbringing or whatever, whatever your circumstances are, God is the opposite of that. And for him to be patient and kind and repetitive. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Praise God for his patience. Oh, oh my gosh. You know, without that, I would be an absolute wreck. So that was the most challenging and the most beautiful time of my life was my upbringing and really walking through forgiveness. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. We're going to change the change the topic a little bit, but I love this question. And Stephanie, I cannot wait to hear your answer. Oh, no. But, I can't wait to hear your answer. <laughs> Somebody asked us, when they were wee little Katie's, oh, yes. what did you think they would grow up to be? What did you think Katie J was going to be? <laughs> hmm. How to word this? <laughs> um, I'm glad I, you're going first. <laughs> I knew Katie would be a leader no matter what arena God placed her in. Um, she was extremely strong-headed, very opinionated, and those <laughs> things. Wait, you're, giving my, you're giving my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Is it no surprise that they're sitting here today? <laughs> well, you know, and truly, and but God again, in His infinite grace, gave me a, a glimpse into her future, knowing that if you can hang in there and if you can parent yeah. this well, yes. yeah that you're going to have a leader on your hands no matter no matter where the lord takes you because i know you're still kind of in transition you're you're in that limbo that nobody likes yeah. but mm-hmm. but like you were saying trying to find joy in the moment if i can steal a catchy phrase <laughs> but um yeah for sure i knew she was going to be a leader as she got older i definitely felt like she would make just such a beautiful nurse because she has mm. that tenderness and love for people and also a brain that can just yeah. soak in any information she that does. you give she's her. She's got a good big brain. Oh, she's so <laughs> smart. And so, and you know, wherever God takes you, I know that he's going to use you and you're not going to be resistant to it. And and I just, that is a win for me as wow. a parent is to see you walking where the Lord wants you to walk and seeking him. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> I would love Thank to be know. able to say that someday about my own children. Yes. And you will. That is a win. That is lovely. That is a win. I had the same experience. Katie was, I knew she would not be a follower from early on. She had her own mind, which, and I would, we've talked about it a lot, actually, but I've had, I had the same thoughts. I, I remember listening to James Dobson and him saying, you want to bend the will, not break it. Yes. And that was my whole goal in raising her was to 
help her come into that independence because I knew that independence and persistence, I mean, if Katie wanted to do something, nothing was going to stop her. <laughs> and I knew that those were great character traits, right. really great. Maybe not for a three-year-old, but amazing <laughs> for a 25-year-old, you know, and I had that same thing. She always loved the Lord. She she accepted the Lord very early on and completely understood it. Actually, the first time we prayed together, she was four. And when she was six, she was asking me one time, uh, we were listening to someone speak, and she said, what does that mean? And I explained it to her, and she said, oh, I've already done that. You know, she already <laughs> knew. Um, she had a gift of intercession really early on, and so I always knew I really believed that she was going to love the Lord from the mm-hmm. very beginning, um, and she did. And then as she grew, so much compassion and um, so much love for people. So I I agree with you, Stephanie. I really never mm-hmm. had – I tried with both of my kids not to decide what I thought they would be because I wanted right. them to be free to go wherever the Lord led them, right? Yes. Um so I didn't really have like a specific vocation in mind, mm-hmm. but I did know she'd be in charge somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have to live with the consequences of their adult choices. So yes, right. we have to bend our will yes. to the Lord's will in their life, which is a topic for <laughs> a full hour. Yes, exactly. <laughs> isn't, but, it, isn't it amazing though? I mean, even just with a six month old, there's so much about him that I look at and I he is who he is. Like right? he, yes. he's the the same thing that we're talking about mm-hmm. here with us. He is strong willed. Like he is his own he distinct has a person. <laughs> yes, he does. But it's really encouraging to hear you guys yeah. have. There's are many amazing women that have gone before and have raised godly, strong willed people. Right, and so <laughs> they're all youth pastors. Yes. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't want it any other way because that that independence and that drive is going to be used by the Lord. He's created for something specific. And so you really wouldn't, you really wouldn't want it any different than it is. It's easy to say now, looking back, (laughs) as Stephanie said earlier, we forget, you know, those hard years. It's encouraging to stay the course though. Yes. 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 Because God is so good. And as you're releasing (sighs) Owen into whatever the Lord has for him, you're going to just see him blossom um, as long as you are bending your will to the Lord and you are working hard to discern what is best for him. And it will be different for him than even if you you have other children and they have siblings. They will all be their own unique person. And it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. On the on the topic of parenting, another question that we got was, what did you do that was different than the culture or average parenting styles? Stephanie, I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to hear a lot of mm-hmm from <laughs> um, Two things. I was extremely strict when it came to anything mainstream society was putting out, movies, books. Um, television shows, cartoons, anything that mainstream was putting out there, I had to preview. I had to research. You know, Katie and all of my kids know that if they come and say, hey, can I watch this movie? I mean, Katie got so good at bringing me the reviews. You know, she would just <laughs> I be would like, like, pull up the link and I'd come to her and I'd be like, this is what common sense she has media <laughs> Exactly. Oh, for sure. That's so cute. See, you ta- she taught you to research. <laughs> yes, yes, I good. did. Exactly, yes. I still look things up on Common Sense Media before I watch yes, them. So great. And you know what? I'm so proud of you because there was a recent movie that came out and I said, hey, redo a little research before you go with your friends. And she made the decision not to go. And I'm just so proud of that because 
that is one thing I did differently. I, I don't care what's on the top of the bestseller list. I don't care. What I care is what is this going to do to your spirit? How is this going to mold your worldview? And then the second thing I did, much to my children's dismay, is I introduced them to the world. I think as Christian parents in a Christian bubble, we tend to hide the world from our children. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to see the world that social media is cultivating because that's fake. They have to see the real world. And I thank God all the time. (laughs) And Katie knows where I'm going with this because we lived in a house right across the street from drug dealers. And I... I praise God all the time for those years that they lived there because my kids had a front row seat to what the world actually is. Mm-hmm. Here's the result of drug use. Here's the result of alcoholism. I mean, we literally had homeless, uh, strung out people on drugs swinging from the trees. And I didn't hide that from my children. I actually called them to the window. <laughs> and that's not, I, yeah. I think that's a little counter to what most parents do, but there's nothing more convincing of do not do drugs than <laughs> watching this happen. Right. You know, and so I'm really grateful, actually, for the windows into the world that the Lord provided for my family. And we were praying for them. We didn't yeah. like to see them in this state, but it was definitely not something I hid from them. Yeah, I think about there were many times in young childhood that I can remember that it was there wasn't like a shielding of like, don't look, don't look like you're saying, but it was like a, Hey, let's discuss this after the fact and dissect. Okay. What got them there? Like what's the situation? How can we avoid that? Like we have, um, we just, you know, you grow up with people and they make decisions and it's all, it was always a learning experience for us. What what Mm -hmm. good does it do to pretend that there aren't people in the world who don't follow the Lord? Like I don't understand like what (laughs) lesson that would teach. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. I know. I get nervous when I see young moms or moms with teenagers hiding the world from their kids. And I think a time will come when your child is going to have to make a decision of whether or not they're going to walk this path or that. And I want them to know full well the consequences of walking mm, right. down a path of uh, any form of addiction. Yeah. What are the consequences? You know? Yeah. yeah. And you, you want to have them, you want to have these conversations and to build their discernment while they're still in your home and you have influence. Oh, yes. So uh, rather than send them out into the world uh, sort of naive to what's going on and have them only see one side of the drug yes. culture and not the addiction side. Yes. And so you want to have that influence, use that influence while you have it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <clears throat> so similar, we, Katie will know that similarly we were uh, – restrictive so to say so to speak uh on yes, what we watched <laughs> yeah. what we watched oh, i'll be the same way don't i'm, yeah. I'm nodding my head because i was yeah. a kid once but oh 100 i will be the same way yeah and and we limited even i think some of the things we did that were counterculture is we never assumed that other parents had our same value system and our mm. same discernment on what their kids would be exposed Absolutely. to and could see even Christian even, parents, yeah, even oh, Christian for parents, sure. even godly Christian parents who yeah. we loved did not have the same limits, and so we mm-hmm. we did the same. We talked a lot as a family, and we, you know, Katie and Michael knew early on. Hey, if you're at someone's house and you're uncomfortable by what you're watching, you can call me. I will yes. come get you anytime, Absolutely. day or night. Don't watch something you're not comfortable with mm-hmm. that's scary or inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. There are a couple of other things too. 
one thing that is I see now that I would not do is people handing their kids screens everywhere they go. Mm. Yes. That goes back to the conversational part of uh, aspect of a family. Mm-hmm. We, when we went out to dinner, we sat and talked as yes. a family, even when they were really little, the four of us. And, and that continued on. It was just a normal thing for them so that when they were 15, 16, 17, we just did that. Yeah. It was part, it was an expected part of our day. And so that concerns me when I see that happen a lot. Yes. Uh, I think you're missing opportunities to interact with your kids. That is, again, a season that is fleeting. And mm. as much as you can, try to embrace it while you're there. Yeah. The other thing that I think is very counterculture, I think our culture right now values children to the extent that we deny our marriages. We put the kids first 100%, yes. and we are not... Uh, we we expect the parents to both be wholly focused on those kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a mistake. And it's something that we worked hard on was to carve out time. Even if it was getting up early in the morning and sitting, we had these two chairs we would sit in and having coffee together, doing our quiet time next to each other, having coffee together, talking about our day. Or when Mark would come home, we would try to sit down for 10 minutes, just talk about our day. We knew that the best thing we could give our kids was was a solid home. And and that foundation was important. And so that to me is makes me a little sad in yeah. culture today because yes. I think eventually you're going to look at each other and not have anything in common but those kids. And those yeah. kids are going to grow up and go away. Mm-hmm. And you need that connection. When, yeah. when I had tiny babies, I started listening to talk radio. And it's because I knew my husband loved talk radio. It's not because I want to hear all these talking heads. It was just right. because... I wanted something to discuss with my husband that didn't have anything to do with just the children. Yeah. You know, you find common ground. Yeah. I think in reflection to listening to what you're saying, there was so much comfort for me, even in times that were difficult in our family and in your marriage, right? Mm -hmm. That didn't stop. So like, even when I knew things were, were hard or you had had a hard night the night before, there had been whatever, right? I would walk out in the morning and see you guys in those chairs and there was there was this anchor this sense of like like okay they are on they are on each other's team right Mm -hmm. even when Mm -hmm. things were hard and it it, looking back i can see how comforting that was yeah being in that home and i'm i'm really thankful that you did that yeah yeah i think your guys's answers to these questions have been truly fantastic and we want to close out with one thing we asked you guys to prepare some questions for (laughs) us and so Mama, would you like to ask me <laughs> ask me your question? Um, sure. <laughs> hmm. Did I write it down? Um, what What did I say? What parenting quirk of yeah, mine what? do you appreciate most now that you're an adult? <laughs> yes, that's a good question. Right question. It kind of goes back to I was thinking about it this morning. It kind of goes back to what you had been talking about about being strict with. Um, just what comes into our home media wise and pop culture wise but a little bit different is you never let us like get obsessed with anything right you never let us dive into (laughs) obsessions Mm. and i think that that has saved me and my siblings so much pain and hurt in the long run it's really cool (laughs) because i've watched so many friends dive headlong into obsessions with maybe something that doesn't seem like harmful at all maybe it isn't harmful the thing in and of itself is not harmful but then you become engrossed in it and absolutely obsessed and then you're building your personality around something yes then it's like so good you're like half of a human and then half (laughs) like whatever media you're consuming and it's hard to be around those people 
yeah. <laughs> that have grown up allowed to have like such deep obsessions with things, um, especially. And I know that we have conversations all the time about this, um, just seeing <sighs> some of like the detriment that it has caused in different family members, in friends that I've grown up with or whatever and seeing the the struggles that they've had that I didn't I didn't have to navigate I didn't have to deal with because I wasn't I wasn't entrenched in anything that wasn't real you know yes and anything that wasn't edifying to the kingdom like you let me go to every single church event that I wanted to and like be absolutely (laughs) obsessed and involved there but when it came to you know I want to put a Hannah Montana poster up in my room and she wouldn't let me and I'm like why in the world am I not allowed to put this poster on my wall I think that's pretty clear now (laughs) yeah yeah, yes oh gosh 100% (laughs) yes exactly but it's you know, we don't want to create an obsession or any sort of idolatry is exactly. really what it is. It's an idolatry. So I love um, it. I, love yeah, it. Well, I think that's something I'm very appreciative of. Sorry to cut in on this with you guys, but I love so that's one of those things that as a kid, you're looking at you like, what the heck? But yeah. it <laughs> so well aligns with like the core tenets of who you are as a family, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, we follow the Lord. Like, right. That is what we are Absolutely. known as. That's like, the, my obsession. The idea, right. Yeah. Yes. The, the idea yes. of like not allowing idolatry in your home, even in just that simple way. I, yeah. that is amazing to hear. Mm, yeah. And it has truly been so, so beneficial, even in the moments in my childhood where I was like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> this is, this I want my so poster. Like, <laughs> All my and, friends get to do this. Yeah. And, and then, then oh, you gosh. know what? You're not momming if you're not doing that. <laughs> exactly. If your kids aren't asking that on a regular basis, you're not momming. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, mama. I love that you call me that. Uh, Okay, my question is similar to the one you guys asked us. What is the hardest thing that you've been through that you're grateful for now? Hmm. That's a great question. I would say, and this probably is not going to surprise you, but my early young adulthood was the most challenging season of my life for a lot of reasons. A lot of loss, a lot of uh, struggle, a lot of dissatisfaction, a lot of even mental health struggle. And it was just sort of thing after thing piling on top of each other. And I felt the loss even of my identity as far as what I thought I was, what I thought I was capable of, all those things. Um, sounds It's very vague. I'm sure we'll get into these things another time. We don't have time for it today. But the beauty that came from that was also the the struggle right it was the stripping away of the false identity it was the stripping away of false confidence right of all of these things that I had staked so much hope in or so much comfort in and I was forced to find hope and comfort in things that lasted right and things that were eternal and uh, there really was no comfort in those years and other than the Lord. And even in that time, right? Like what I turned to and what I dug into was, was the Lord. And I'm so grateful for that. It's heartbreaking to see your kids walk through those seasons. You really wish you could change it. You kind of touched on that before. You really wish you could take it away. But to watch Katie sort of be remade. Yeah, that's uh, a great way to put it. Remade in Christ's image was a beautiful thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful. I wouldn't change it and I know that I would have had to learn those lessons 
spread out in a much more difficult way, possibly in a more detrimental way <laughs> at other times in my life. And I think I was spared by having to kind of get a crash course all at once. So thank you guys so yes, much for being you. here. This was a lovely conversation. It's I wish fun. we could just keep talking all day. I want to hear everything <laughs> you guys have to say. I'm sure this won't be the last time you hear from them. If we have, I know. Anything, if we have to anything to say about it. Yeah. We are so grateful for these women. They are the wells that we draw from in our lives. And uh, we're just so glad they were able to be here today. So if you want to stay connected with us, please follow us on Instagram at the Katie's podcast. If you miss the opportunity to ask Christine and Stephanie questions, you will have opportunities in the future, possibly them, definitely other guests. Uh, but we also have an email, the Katie's podcast at gmail.com. If you have questions or concerns or topics that you'd like us to cover, but I'm going to give this over to Katie J. We have something really exciting coming up. Yes, we have something really cool in the works that we are building right now. Um, but basically, you will have an opportunity to be, be a little bit more a part of a community based around the topics that we talk about here on the podcast. And that will be through the platform of Patreon. So we will have a few different tiers to Patreon that you can subscribe to um, for varying prices per month. It'll be a monthly subscription that you basically have. And depending on the tier that you subscribe to, you will get extra content from us. So whether that's in the form of an extra podcast maybe or um, a book club we've talked about or things like that or early access to merch maybe down the line mm -hmm. and things like that, um, we where that's coming down the pipeline for you guys. Yeah, so it's going to be up and running. At least the basic base level subscription will be up and running next week. So before our episode is released next week, we are going to have this available to you. And the base level subscription is going to give you access to that book club that Katie was mentioning. Yeah. So our first book is going to be Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And we're going to have weekly access to this book club. We're going to have study guides for you guys. We're going to discuss with you. We're going to be yeah. on there with you on a weekly basis. And so more information is coming next week. We are so excited about it. Yes, we are so excited. Thank you so much for your support. And we are, we're just so, truly so thankful for each of you. And we will talk to you next week. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>